you're right. You're absolutely right. Hello and welcome to episode number 224 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, June 6, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where Taylor Swift spent three days and survived. And from America's left coast, where I remember Larry, I'm Ryan Bemrose. We all remember Larry. Yeah, it was he was podcasting only like two days ago. He's always podcasting. Mr. Velvet. I mean, I get that you have like we're about to do a show and you decide we're going to do a Weird Al track. But do you have to like that track is not for this show. <laughs> that should be only that on track Mondays. is for Planet Rage. I mean, I was going to pull out, uh, you know, the Pentium thing. And then I thought I might confuse everybody. They're like, wait, is it Tuesday? No, that again? one was yesterday. See, right. you've <laughs> <laughs> the Weird Al different Weird Al songs day. for different shows. Yeah. What would be the perfect Weird Al track for Grumpy Old Ben's? Oh, does he have, have one about being on really one. pissed and angry um, and out of control? Quite possibly uh, uh, one more minute, maybe. <laughs> I love that tune. <laughs> that was always one of my favorite Weird Al songs since I had that on vinyl back in 1986 or whatever that was. It was a beautiful love song. Yes. <laughs> I love the part about I'd rather dive into a swimming pool filled with double edged razor blades. Then spend one more minute with you. Okay, nobody came here to listen to us sing. That's that's going to drive our donations down, or can it? No, I don't think we can go underground. I don't think so. So, uh, I mean, maybe it's something we should try. It could be the variety hour. Yeah, like see if people start billing us for our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, could be the grumpy old Ben's variety hour. Little, we can tell jokes. We can sing. We can dance a little. Maybe you can sing. I, I don't believe th- there are rumors that I have never sung before in my life. Really? That's not, not even, to say I haven't tried. Well, I was going to say there's, there's that. Cause you got to like in the car when you're driving a hundred miles an hour down the expressway with some good tune jamming out, you got to sing along. I do. I do. There's one, one of my, one of my favorite songs to play in the car is uh Eve six open road song. And uh, there's, there's one verse in there I, you know, where he, I, he says, I like, I crack a window and belt out a tune and my voice is sweet as salt, but that's okay. It doesn't even matter. You know, nobody's listening, that sort of thing. I, yeah. It's trouble. If you're in Seattle, they're all just uh, high on the sidewalk with needles in their arms. Yeah. Except for the ones who are, of course, uh, you know, the, everybody on the road who is all engrossed in their own world, staring at their phone, doing right. 35 in the left lane, whatever it is they do. Man, I am fully behind. If you can show that somebody driving a vehicle was texting on their phone, interacting with that phone in the moments leading up to an accident, I say maximum or uh, mandatory jail time. But no, nobody wants to do that. I mean, you do it for drunk driving. I don't really see the difference. 
Um, I, I mean, there's a case for mandatory jail time for just driving in Seattle. Well, this is true for being in Seattle. Yeah, for just be living in Seattle. Like, mandatory. Sorry. That would be perfect. You'd pull somebody your, over. Your sentence is to have to live in Seattle. You know, that would take your uh, the amount of people that come to visit your uh, city, the uh, people that want to travel, that want to be tourists. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, if you get pulled over, they're going to make you live there. Welcome to the Hotel Seattle. You can check out anytime you like. But you, but you can, can never, never leave. leave. Oh, yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I've been playing around with this uh, new AI in Adobe, which is uh, they're including it in their new version of Photoshop, which this is we've talked about the AI things that generate. There's a bunch of different systems out there like the dolly and the uh, mid journey or whatever it's called. I haven't played with any of those. I wanted to play with the chat GPT people and they're like, your phone number's not real, man. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, Infinity yeah, and your chat bot, your, your chat is not real. Right. So that we go together very well, but Photoshop just came out with this generative fill stuff. Oh, geez. And it's really bizarre. I mean, it's the first time that you're able to take the AI concept and add it to images that you've taken yourself, or at least you get to control the original image. But it does okay. it does things. I mean, like the mid journey in Dolly, I just went in because I was messing around with this. It's a brand new feature and there's just a, you know, a text box. So I went in and I'm like, well, our buddy CSB, the king of AI, he likes to think he's like a little Pomeranian dog. So I typed into the the box. What? Yeah, he's a Pomeranian. That's what CSB he identifies as a Pomeranian. They're cute. This little is dogs. more information than I had about CSB. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. I'm not sure if this has anything to do with the furry community, like uh, we've heard talked about on No Agenda recently, or not. I think it's just, I think it's just another kind of a thing. I think it's just a CSB thing. But into the little box in Photoshop. So I'm sitting there with a blank canvas. And I typed in poorly drawn Pomeranian at a computer keyboard. And like 15 seconds later, boom, there was a picture of a fairly poorly drawn, kind of yep. looked like CSB's very basic style Pomeranian. Did, wait, did, it gave you an actual picture of CSB, the elusive guy nobody's ever seen? <laughs> yes. and Well, in Pomeranian form. Oh, of course. And I'm like, wow, this is really kind of bizarre just off the bat for that kind of stuff and i've watched a few different videos because now that i have an hour a day to kill whilst riding on the bike of uh, people doing different things and the um, the things that you can generate out of nothing is very cool i mean anybody that thinks you can still sell like backgrounds and things like that for people to use in photoshop this is going to change it because none of it's going to be needed but the more impressive thing, I don't know if you've seen any of who, these. Who pays for backgrounds? You just go find something you like on the internet and swipe it. Uh -huh. Like grab, grab the Bing nature photo of the day. And then whoever took that photo comes and finds you. But here's the problem. That's going to be much harder now because you could just take one of those photos. Like if there's a nice photo of a serene lake, you can just draw like a little circle around the middle of the lake and type in sailboat. And one will appear in Photoshop in the lake. <laughs> I'm like, holy yeah. crap. 
This so is, this is we're, we've gone a little bit farther than the fill tool that just dumps a region with solid color. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it does a very good job of it. Uh, this is going to revolutionize the no agenda art industry. Well, I agree. Because and also make Adam lose his mind because uh-huh. he still swears <laughs> that he can see AI generated stuff a mile away. I don't think he can. I think it's I, gotten much better. I, even if he can today, I know that that's not going to last because it is so quick to do it as well. Things that used to take some kind of skill because I won a lot of the no agenda art stuff by taking, you know, one, I remember taking a big paper towel or maybe it was toilet paper package and changing whatever it was, Charmin to what to no agenda, you know, and these kind of things where you would change the packaging, change the branding on something. Yes. Very formulaic. Yes. But it used to take work to do it. Now you just tell the AI what you want and it's able to remove things. One of the uh, examples that I saw somebody do on a YouTube video was there was a photograph of like somebody's room with a laptop sitting on the coffee table. Well, they just did a little, you know, lasso around the laptop and into the generative fill thing typed in vase and the laptop disappeared and a vase showed up all with the right, you know, uh, shadows coming off of it and everything. It's like very believable right off the bat what this kind of stuff is generating into the images. And there was a series. This is what got everybody's attention, including mine, was there's a series and I'm guessing multiple people did this, but if you take a classic album cover and then just go, okay, well, instead of this being the square with the album cover, let's extend it on all sides. So you just basically put the album cover in the middle and put a lot of room around it and hit generate. It was able to create worlds that these album covers maybe, or maybe not look like would go along. It's like the Nirvana baby from nevermind or evermind all of (laughs) a sudden it's a whole pool is there all of a sudden you know with and it looks like i don't know if that's the right uh i don't know if that's the right example because that'll get you arrested for child porn right because that dude was so mad that his little wee wee was showing up but he didn't win the uh didn't win that lawsuit but there was one of david bowie and it just had this whole like spaceship thing come around him and it's it's very bizarre what it can take from a photo. I took a, a Taylor Swift promo photo. I know surprise where she was like sitting on a couch or something, but it was cut off like right about, you know, where her hips would be this thing. All of a sudden full legs showed up the, you know, and one, the couch Who, was whose legs, right? That nobody knows how the AI and, comes up with this stuff. And of course, there's nothing to stop them. Instead of putting a model's legs, they like put a fishtail on it. Suddenly, Taylor Swift is a mermaid. Yeah. What's up? Well, you could probably do that because all you got to do then is select the legs and type in Finn and it will do it. I mean, they took there was one guy that it had a model just sitting there in a white T-shirt, did a selection around the white T-shirt and typed in suit. And all of a sudden it generated a suit. It's really weird stuff. But. I've been saying for a long time, you can't believe anything you see here or read on the internet. This is just getting even further down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, uh, now we, we know that the tools exist. One thing that I have, uh, have decided after, uh, watching the back and forth for quite a while, uh, you know, deep fakes, AI generated images, 
every time we come up with, uh, you know, here's a new way to fool people. Eventually, people do get used to it. That's kind of Adam Curry's argument. Uh, and we get tools that help you figure it out. The The cycle is accelerating. And I'm not really sure what that means, but it's just an interesting observation I had. Well, and the question would be, are the tools that allegedly can tell you what's real, are they accurate or not? Because just think not about right now. that. Right. No, but, they, you know, they people are working on them, so they're getting better. If AI is working on them, then they might get worse. But <laughs> Ooh, that's an that's an interesting question. Omega Project wants to know if the Adobe blackface feature is enabled yet. I wonder if you can darken skin just by giving it a command. I know one guy had like an old 1800s looking photo shoot that he had done. And there was like an old, you know, really cool looking wooden table with all sorts of wood grain and stuff. He's like, well, but I think what this needs is, you know, like an old pistol or something sitting there to add. And Adobe would not generate a pistol. It, it was it violated their terms of service. Oh, uh-huh. so you're, you're you're thinking that that whatever AI they put into the software, they're going to go ahead and put a yoke on it and say, you can't do anything that might be politically incorrect or conservative or anything. Right. Well, or, uh, and it, I mean, that's the interesting thing. It's like, OK, I can take a picture of a model in a bikini and it will put clothes on her, but it won't do it the opposite way. I, I have to address the point that that cold acid brought up. He says, uh, it, why it, would you do for, that? Oh, because he he's a, he likes attention. Oh, OK, uh, it, it was in regards to the Taylor Swift is a mermaid and cold acid says, great, you've just ensured yet another variety of celebrity porn. And I'm telling you. As popular as Taylor Swift is, there are people out there for whom I absolutely just nailed their kink and they've already been swapping pictures of Taylor Swift with fish parts. And now there will just be more. Maybe there will. There maybe there are some people who are listening to this show right now and I just hit on their fetish. And if that's the case, all I can say is donate. You're welcome. Yes, exactly. This is the kind of value you can get only from grumpy old Ben's, but I thought it was very interesting, which just means somebody else will come out with the way to do it. There may never be a way to hack it because the way the AI works, and this is kind of the only concerning part. Well, there's okay. To be fair, there's multiple concerning parts, but from a every part of this is concerning. Uh huh. Well, the privacy bit is what gets to me because every time you go to generate something, it's going into the cloud. Which means, in one, I want to know uh, if anything that you do, you okay? Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> a wind gust just came in the window and <laughs> knocked some stuff over. I just about jumped out of my shirt. Somebody's trying. You're like, what is that? Oh no! That, that, ignore me. Live hey, podcasting. This, by the way, is this is why I should probably follow Phone Boy's lead and mute when I'm not talking. No, because but then, then you missed the goal. We wouldn't have these interesting conversations about all the random sounds that come through my noise gate. Yeah, I mean, I heard you woke like, uh, were woken up at seven oh nine this morning. Uh, no, I was I was fast asleep at seven oh nine. It was seven ten when the <laughs> construction started up. Well, it was nice that they waited ten minutes past the hour. Yeah, <laughs> nice folks about there. But I wonder with you know the stuff that is created, how much of a record is being kept at the mothership? I would like to know. Uh, uh, with KYC, it's probably keeping your 
name, social security number, home address, uh, you know, your DNA is probably there. They've got a partnership with 23andMe. You got to like, get it all down. Just assume everything. But the fact is like, well, you know, you can't dare to generate a gun. It's like, but there's a lot. You're going to tell that to uh, Alec Baldwin. I mean, maybe they shouldn't put a gun in his hands for movies. No, no, he's he's an elite. The laws don't apply to him. It did allow the guy to put a because there was a, it was a photo of like two women in pioneer clothing. He's like, I wanted him to look a little more dangerous. It wouldn't do the gun, but it did do a pickaxe. So good to know it. Adobe doesn't want you to shoot somebody. But if you want to put a pickaxe through somebody's forehead, that's absolutely OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or or a shiv is probably fine, as uh-huh. we learned in, in England when they banned all guns. And so people stopped shooting each other and now they stab each other at an alarming rate. Yeah, I, really, I'll try it myself because I'm already on a list, I'm sure. But I rather than just pickaxe, I would like bloody pickaxe to see if that would uh, <laughs> because horror is a thing. Are you telling me that Adobe doesn't want to further a totally mainstream genre? I mean, there's if you watch, I don't, but I've seen enough clips of modern horror movies where there's a lot of gore in them, believe it or not. But again, they come out of Hollywood. Hollywood is in the category of people to whom the rules do not apply. True. The the rules are not going to be enforced against the likes of Alec Baldwin. They will be enforced against you. Be interesting to see, actually. I want to know the results of this experiment, to be honest. Yeah, and I want to try playing around with this a little more. And it's still in beta, so it's only going to get better. But it's interesting. So if you could, like, take somebody's T-shirt that says one thing and just change that, you know, which is easy enough anyway with the text. But being able to do all sorts of bizarre things to change a photo, which, like, six weeks ago would have taken skill and time, now seems to be just typing in a couple of words, which... If you're a professional photographer, I'd be a little worried that uh, you're not going to be needed much anymore. So you might want to be looking for a different job. This so, may be another one. So of those. what you're saying is learn to code. Uh huh. Learn to code. Or, so that is the or new wait, photography. No, I'm sorry. Coders are also going to be replaced by AI soon. That's true. The AI can write the code. Uh, it, so are, for example, uh, lawyers. That's uh, one of my stories. Really? Well, and, you know, the you talked about this a long time ago because you were actually a professional tester for Microsoft before we move into the lawyer story. Now, with the capabilities of AI, now I can see why the actual humans aren't needed, because one, everybody was the guinea pig for a long time. But now that there's AI, you can set the AI off on your operating system and have it look to every dark little corner and do every crazy little thing and report back what you're describing is a concept called fuzz testing and to do that properly uh we used to do that all the time but to do it properly you have to who who is setting up that's the person you call the tester that's you know as as a tester at least the type of tester that i was which was technically my title was software developer in test um I didn't sit there and click the UI all day, all night, uh, trying to try out different things. I wrote code that taught the operating system to click everything all the time in order. You know, I I wrote the code that would go through and try hundreds of thousands of permutations overnight, hoping to find the one that it would fail on. So you have fed the beast. 
So yes, it's I, we didn't call it AI back then. In fact, we just called it automated testing. But what you just described is exactly that. Somebody goes out and teaches the computer to try a bunch of different permutations. Well, the somebody who does that is the person that's worth paying. The it, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's not worth paying now. And even 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't really worth paying somebody to go and take your you know, install the app on your phone and start tapping the screen over and over again in a hundred thousand combinations, not worth paying somebody for that. It's just computers are better at doing really rote crap like that. But the person who teaches the computer to do that and interprets the results, that is somebody that, that the companies still need. And there's a lot of managers out there in software that don't, really recognize the difference, which is why they're just saying, eh, let's ship it and maybe somebody will report a bug. Cold Acid of the Rare Encounter podcast says he doesn't want to be replaced by a machine, and I will say until they can have a machine that jerks off yeah. over anime, you're safe. I, I was going to say, have the AI weebs come out yet? <laughs> Probably. They'll get there. Everything will happen. I Ask- mean, they do have AI-generated anime now. Well, easily. I mean, there's going to be AI generated every damn thing. Yeah. Because the reality is you can just, again, give it a few different words and that's all you need to do. And all of a sudden the stuff just shows up like magic. And if you don't like it, you just click, give me more. And it comes up with three different variations in like 15 seconds. So it's about five seconds per, and you can build upon things that they have already done to kind of, uh, you know, get exactly what you want. So it's going to be interesting to watch the fact that this is being built into Photoshop for the first time. I think even though the technology has been around a little bit, I think this is a major step and this is going to put it in the hands of a lot of people. There's a lot of photographers. There's a lot of people who've been using Photoshop graphic designers for years who would never have played with AI. And now it's right there at your fingertips. You're going to do what I did. You're going to be like, well, let me try this. And you're going to go, well, why would I ever do this the old fashioned way again? Why would I go look for another image that I want to manually insert in when I could just type a word and it'll do it? Well, you're, you're speaking to somebody who has absolutely no design chops whatsoever. Um, I, I, I am intentionally a backend developer because I do not write user facing software. Uh, you've seen the one piece of software that I wrote for the community, the chapters art, um, that UI is generic stand bog standard right out of 2004. It is not pretty. <laughs> it is not pretty. Uh, I don't do design. I don't do, you know, I, I certainly don't do graphics. Do you know how many times I've won the no agenda show art zero, which is, I had have to point <laughs> out and, and I'm proud of this every single time I've ever submitted art. I've won. Nice. I've won 99 of them with this. If I went and got Photoshop with this and also paid Adobe there, what are they asking now? $800 a month or something. It's like Uh, that a year. Yeah. But I pay um, the student and teacher, which is like, yeah, the last time I used Photoshop, I paid the, uh, the discount rate from, uh, from a torrent site. Right. Well, that's an even better rate. But I don't right now. Right now, if I have to make a meme, I use MS Paint. That should tell you something. Yeah, you could do much better. I did notice. I have not looked into this at all. But the Blueberry, which is the plugin we use for WordPress to do the RSS, 
for our podcast here and the other shows I do now has a chapters tab. So I think you might be able to generate chapters within the WordPress, uh, within the Blueberry app, within their uh, plugin. So that'll be interesting to see how that works. Good. Then you can retire that (laughs) god awful. Get rid of the Bemrose podcasting 2.0 chapters app available to me and Boobery and anybody else that's masochistic enough to use it. <laughs> net, net, Jesus, download paint.net at least, sir. Bemrose. <laughs> yeah, get a little updated. Come on. I, I got to admit, I, I once tried to download paint.net. Um, I, 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 whatever I was doing was clearly not so important that it was critical to my workflow, but I was, and, and, and you, I've had this complaint before, so I'm just going to mention I was thwarted by the fact that they only offered to download an installer that required uh, administrative privileges. They did not have a portable version anywhere available for download. And that is strong friction to me. I hate installing things because insta- uninstallers always leave crap on your system uh, because the way that I want to compartmentalize my programs is I create a directory. I drop, I unzip a zip file and drop a binary into that directory. I run the binary from that directory. And when I'm done with it, I delete the directory and I know that it hasn't crapped all over my operating system. And paint.net is one of those things that wants to infuse itself into all of your, your documents folders and, and put new folders into your pictures folder and, and drump, dump a bunch of crap in your registry and install DLLs to your system 32. And yeah, I which just, is another reason why one of the most no. popular things for pirated software is coming out with the version that does not have to be installed. Yes. And that's actually one of the reasons why I will go to pirated versions of software is because I don't want something that infuses itself into like it's like an alien fucking parasite infusing itself and putting tendrils into my operating system. I don't need that. One of the reasons why windows 8.1 is still viable for me right now, despite having installed it in 2012 is because I don't install software. If I can avoid it, I don't install things. I don't, I don't give things admin permissions. I don't let things take a crap on my C drive wherever they want. I even complain when, you know, for example, clean feed stops working on the five browsers I have installed and I have to go and put another one on because I know damn well that, you know, every Chrome based installer doesn't even bother asking you where to put it. It just comes in and squats down and takes a crap right on my C drive. And I'm like, my C drive is 120 gigabyte SSD. I don't want you there. Look, here's a cozy spot over on my D drive. It's a programs folder. It's exactly where I want this. No, screw you. We're going to, you know, install everything directly to the registry. Well, that's the kind of software that makes your operating system unstable. No, don't want it. Did we crap on phone boy just a little more? Please do. I went to look just to make sure that grumpy old Ben's after I put the live lit tag up, I just wanted to make sure that we were indeed showing as lit and live. And the Lotus effect that started uh, three days ago is still live. So, <laughs> so while they started, that is a long show. They, yeah, this is uh, is this a, a marathon thing? Is this a telethon? What's going on? I, I mean, strictly speaking, their stream is up and playing tunes, but he switched it over to an automated randomized playlist some time ago. 
But I guess if you went and tried to listen to that, what you'd get is, is phone boys mixtapes, which is the, Oh yeah. That's what I just, uh, I do not want that. That is very loud. Okay. That was, it was rock music. So I I went to see what was on his stream. he, He has some good music. Except when he's taking requests and somebody dumps a thousand R and B hip hop YouTube links into the chat. And I'm like, well, the next hour of this show is going to suck. And I just turn it off. Yeah. A lot of people like to do that on the rock and roll pre-show too. They're like to come in with something that everybody's going to hate. Yeah. And every now and then that's fun. Well, that's why I don't listen to the rock and roll pre-show either. You shouldn't. Fortunately, I am so good at trolling that I can respond to stupid things you say, even while not listening to the stream. It's almost like like this show. We have a, a connection, a psychic connection going on. It's what makes everything Psych- psychotic. Yeah. What? Could be, we have a psychotic connection here at grumpy old Ben's. Okay. So and the trolls, uh, two weeks ago, attorney Steven Schwartz, uh, filed a brief in, uh, for some, uh, filing that he needed to do for some court appearance he had in the U S district court for Southern New York. Uh, he was, a little bit behind on his, on getting the brief out, had a, I don't know, maybe he had a deadline. Maybe he was just lazy. Maybe he was, you know, busy jerking off to cold acids, waifu images, but he decided that uh, he was, instead of doing things the old fashioned way where you cite cases that you've painstakingly and uh, a very time consuming way, go and find relevant precedents and find, uh, you know, other cases, things to cite. And so no, he decided to ask ChatGPT, or at least it said ChatGPT in the TechCrunch article. I don't know if it was actually ChatGPT or one of the other 75 generative LLMs out there now, all of which, despite it being a brand name, all of them are kind of lumped under the term ChatGPT. ChatGPT is now like Band-Aid or, or Aspirin. It, right. it used to be a brand name, but it's becoming just the name for all of these generative models. But anyway. He decided that he was going to go ask the AI chatbot, can you give me some cases to cite for this? And the bot said, sure, here you go. Here are six cases that are relevant to what you're doing that you can cite. And he put them in the filing brief and the clerks, the judge said, well, can you find me more information? I'd like to read these cases. And the clerks went and looked at it. They couldn't find the cases. They went back to the lawyer, said uh, to his firm and said, Hey, can you get me the, the relevant, you know, citation or, or copy or, you know, of these cases that you've cited in your legal brief? And they couldn't find it either. And eventually we came back to Mr. Schwartz that, um, ChatGPT or whichever model he used had completely hallucinated. He asked for, <laughs> give me relevant citations for the case I'm filing. And it made up six cases that had never existed. This and is he put why, him in his brief. If you're going to do your homework with chat GPT, you better double check the answers. Okay. So anyway, um, this DigiGuru, thank you. You're very, you're very kind. Old news. Have you suffered a stroke? No, this is, this was not particularly recent, but it, I mean, you know, within the last couple of months, but in the context of that, uh, what I came across and the part that I really liked was uh, a genuinely based federal judge, uh, Brantley Starr from Texas, 
who recently issued new rules for his court. And the reason I brought this up is because I just wanted to read to you from his release because he decided that he did not want anybody to be doing this in his courtroom. Um, so now, uh, if, according to the brief, uh, all attorneys appearing before the court, before Judge Brantley's court, must file on the docket a certificate attesting that either either that no portion of the filing was drafted by generative AI, such as ChatGPT, Harvey.ai, never heard of, or Google Barf, or that any language drafted by generative AI was checked for accuracy, including print reporters or traditional legal databases by a human being. So the reason I mention this is uh, we have done stories on this show, in fact, about AI legal assistance, uh, how AI is going to replace lawyers. Um, there's uh, apparently there's a, have you heard of any of these services? I've, I've not heard of most of them. Legal robot, do not pay latch one law.ai and case text. Have not. I looked up all of these and I actually talked about do not pay on this show months ago, but uh, they are all services that make a computer do legal work for you. And most of the legal work is going to be writing wills, uh, writing up divorce papers, stuff like that. Things that are pretty formulaic. And actually it does really good for that. But it's interesting to see that there is coming a backlash from courts now saying, no, we really need a human to do this. And the reason is not necessarily any kind of bigotry against computer models. It's the fact that these computer models have all been brought up to be Democrats, which is to say, if they don't know the answer, they lie through their fucking teeth. Right. It never just, just says, I don't know. Yeah. It, it can't say, I don't know. It, 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 it just makes up fiction. And that fiction might be based in fact. And if the fact is absolutely certain and in the model, it'll probably give you facts, probably. But if it's not, it just, ah, hey, this sounds plausible. And you know what? I used to do this all the time when I was 14. People absolutely loved it. I sounded knowledgeable on every single topic ever. Why? Because just like ChatGPT, if I didn't know something, I made up something that sounded really plausible and asserted it like true. I'm not going to admit to having done that on this podcast. I'm a little more knowledgeable than I was at 14. But let's just say it's a thing people do. And now computers have learned to do it. Fake it till you make it. Make up shit. <laughs> like, oh, I can't find any cases that are appropriate to this. So we'll just here. Let's, you know, the, it's it's Google versus ChatGPT 1972. And it, yeah. And they're making stuff up. Because it sounds legit. Yes. And that's all it needs. In order to pass the, 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 the laugh test, the sniff test with humans, you don't need something to be legit. You just need it to sound legit. Which is why what is being called misinformation spreads so quickly, because as long as it sounds like it's a legitimate source and it was put together, you know, and the sentence makes sense, people believe it. So I pulled actually a couple paragraphs. It's a little bit long. And I'm going to read it and you're going to be tired of my voice by then. But if you're tired of my voice, if you get tired of my voice, stop listening to this show. What are you doing here? But okay. See you later. Uh, okay. <laughs> now just, just <laughs> go ahead and you know, walk away. Go Bemrose. I know. Um, I pulled three paragraphs from judge stars memorandum about no AI in his courtroom, because I feel like this really hits the nail on the head. 
let's see. <clears throat> These platforms are incredibly powerful and have many uses in law. Form divorces, discovery requests, suggested errors in documents, anticipated questions at oral argument. But legal briefing is not one of them. Here's why. These platforms in their current states are prone to hallucinations and bias. On hallucinations, they make stuff up, even quotes and citations. Another issue is reliability or bias. While attorneys swear an oath to set aside their personal prejudices, biases, and beliefs to faithfully uphold the law and represent their clients, generative artificial intelligence is the product of programming devised by humans who did not have to swear such an oath. He's talking about Silicon Valley right here. Uh, as such, these systems hold no allegiance to any client, the rule of law, or the laws and constitution of the United States, or, as addressed above, the truth. Unbound by any sense of duty, honor, or justice, such programs act according to computer code rather than conviction, based on programming rather than principle. Any party believing a platform has the requisite accuracy and reliability for legal briefing may move for leave and explain why. So I, I think he just absolutely nailed it with that, which is to say AIs, the generative language models are not bound to the truth in any way. They're not bound to any convictions. They're not bound to an oath to uphold the law. They're not bound to uh, speak the truth. Uh, they are bound only to what their programmers say. And their programmers are Silicon Valley people who are also not bound to any of those things. They don't, they never took an oath to be honest. They never took an oath to uphold the law. They never took an oath to put aside their biases. So of course the AIs that they generate are also going to have biases. We know this. They're going to make stuff up. We know this. They're going to uh, ignore the truth when it's inconvenient. We know this. You can say that it's a function of the model and you can say that it's a function of the Silicon Valley idiots who programmed it. But either way, Judge Starr does not want any of that in his courtroom because there's absolutely no way to say to, to say this AI has taken you know any kind of oath or or you know, it's, it's not going to be truthful. <laughs> it makes sense. We all understand. I mean, we go back to the beginning of all this stuff, which was the Eliza script, which was basically just going, oh, well, how do you feel about that? You know, it would be something like you would type in, my mother didn't love me. And the bot would respond back with, how did your mother not loving you make you feel? <laughs> and it would just regurgitate that. It's like, well, that's all this stuff is in a much more complex way. Yes. And it, it was arguably the very first AI, but the only profession it was able to replace was a therapist. Yes. And it was a lot cheaper. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, therapy you, wanna, you were getting. You want to talk to a therapist about your problems. You can get the same treatment by going, talking to Eliza, which I mean, now I can see these things being a lot more helpful because they sound like a person on the other end. We come, uh, put this together with you combine it with the AI voice synthesizers. This is interesting stuff. Now that we know that the machines can understand what we're saying, we all talk to one of those devices every now and then and ask it a question. Well, you can have a verbal conversation now 
with a computer that I think most people wouldn't be able to tell immediately that it was a machine answering. Well, let's be honest. Most people don't even understand what we're saying. Why, right, why is, do you think a computer would? You're absolutely right. They're like, I got no idea. Just, but these large I mean, language the, the models. The computer is at least really good at saying, I don't have anything in my databanks that lets me understand what the hell you're asking. But here, let me make some shit up. Right. Which is what people do when somebody asks them a question they don't know. It's like politicians. At least right? the more clever ones. Yes. Uh-huh. They go off into a totally separate tangent and think somehow that that's answering Oh, the question that you got you, you, there, that's another profession that ai should be able to replace right now is politicians yes. i mean they lie they make stuff up when it's convenient they avoid any controversial topics they uh you know they always sound confident and arrogant even when they're completely wrong i think that this is this is what chat gpt was made for but do you think chat gpt is so flawed that it would put kamala harris in charge of ai I think that only takes, only if somebody in Silicon Valley was paid for it. Yeah, this is true. This is true because nobody's that stupid except Joey. I had I had another AI topic. Um, this one, this one I actually had ready for last week, which we didn't do a show last week uh, because you, for some reason, don't like podcasting in adverse desert conditions or something. I don't, I don't understand. And had You're, somebody over to fix the AC while it was during the show. And for those and, that complained well, about that guest host, uh huh. you could, well, you, AI, you can get, yeah. an, <laughs> you get an you AI, had an AI over to fix your AC. That would be, it might be better. That could work. But for those I'm that done. complained, but didn't donate to the show anytime recently, I would like to say are, are not, yeah that can can be discounted yeah uh-huh. that's kind of the way i look at it yeah kind of the way but i look at it i had this story prepared and i was going to talk about it and then uh uh jcd completely buzz killed the story on the oh, last no agenda that dude he's always doing that but it doesn't matter i liked the story anyway i was entertained uh this was uh ai drone killed its own operator in a simulation <laughs> Are you familiar with this one? No, I missed this one. Oh, this was this was huge. Now, the okay, so I'm going to give you it in two parts. First is the the part that uh was out a week ago, which was uh at a conference, the I have I have the name written down here. Um U, US Air Force Colonel Tucker Hamilton was at a conference and basically shooting the shit. He was telling stories one of the stories that he told was about uh, an AI that was uh, the AI was instructed identify and target threats. And then uh, in, in the way the simulation was set up, actually, I'll just use his words because it's probably easier. We were training it in a simulation to identify and target a SAM threat. And then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that, well, they did identify the threat at, at times, the human operator would tell it or at times, the human operator would tell it not to kill that threat, but it got its points by killing the threat. So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because the person was keeping it from accomplishing it at its objective. So this is something that, that if you understand AI, you, you can see is totally plausible. If, if you have somebody who hasn't thought the whole scenario through sets up 
uh, a program. It says, you know, AI, you are in charge of a drone. Uh, here's the scenario. You get points for blowing up targets. And here are the parameters. You go out and, and identify targets and then report back to an operator. And the operator says you can or can't. But the points are only awarded if you kill. And if that's the case, what you've done is you have set up an incentives, a condition for the thing to optimize. Uh, at this point, it's, it's standard linear regression. You optimize for the conditions you have, which is kill as many drone sites as possible. At this point, it decides, hey, the operator is an impediment to doing what I want. And again, this is, this is where it becomes hypothetical. Uh, it's like, the operator is an impediment. Let's go ahead and remove the impediment. Now I can kill all the SAM sites I want. That, it, it makes sense. And, and it sounds very plausible. It's the kind of thing you'd find in a science fiction novel. Right. You gave uh, it a goal and it wants <clears throat> to accomplish the goal. Yes. Now, the second half of the story was, he said, well, you know, when we took this, uh, the, we set up the next run, the next rule that says that you lose points if you kill the operator. So what does the AI do? It destroyed the communication tower that was in between the operator and the drone so that it couldn't receive the no kill orders. (laughs) Well, it's looking for solutions. I like that. So ultimately, I don't see this as AI is going to kill us all. I see this as you're measuring for the wrong metric. And if anything, the the lesson here is not be be afraid of AI because it's trying to kill humans. The lesson here is don't trust the dumbass human who doesn't think through the scenario when saying, oh, we're going to you know just just optimize for killing as many enemy targets as possible, whether or not we want you to do it. I, they, that seems like the problem that's right. We're, we're measuring the wrong metric. It's the same thing that big corporations do when they, you know, if, if you measure, for example, you measure your co- programmers on how many lines of code then did you write, then they are going to write the most bloated, inefficient code that they possibly can because, Hey, I get paid twice as much. If I use 50 lines to write a function that could have taken 25. Right. Well, and it's we're measuring- also, looking at wargaming things, which again is part of like having a tester when you're programming something like this, you have to look for every possibility and war game for it and be like, okay, what if this happens? What will the AI do? And if so, you forget about the part that keeps it from killing the operator, then well, that's your own problem. The, the other thing that I'll go ahead and point out is if if an AI is, if, if we're going to be putting an AI in charge of fully autonomous drones and teaching them how to blow up enemies and we're going to make these kind of mistakes, I am absolutely completely in favor of doing it in a simulation and not in a real drone. That is what we in the software business refer to as testing. If, if I had to judge windows based on all of the failed tests and fixed bugs, then it would be a terrible operating system. And that's not why it's a terrible operating system. It's a terrible operating system because of all the bugs that they don't fix and ship anyway to users. But I'm just saying, if this is the, this is the success mode for software testing is you run it in a situation where no real harm can be done and you come back and you discover a flaw in your software and then you fix it before you go out to the real world. Everything's working fine in this scenario. 
Yeah, that makes sense. The thing that was not working fine was that this story having to do with AI and and reinforcing the narrative that lots of people are saying that, oh, AI is going to kill all humans, which is definitely something I keep seeing, especially amongst people who actually don't understand how tech works. Well, let's understand how much of the information in the AI world is global warming is going to kill the planet. Who is causing global warming humans? So what other conclusion do you come to? Yeah, if if AI does manage to kill us all, it's going to be some kind of three laws scenario where it determines that, hey, I've been told that humans are killing the planet and therefore to save all humans, I have to kill them all. Yes. I mean, I mean, again, science fiction plot. And if it's going to happen, I want to see it happen in a simulation. But also it might help if we'd stop feeding it garbage and lies that that might even help with the number of hallucinations. We are teaching our AIs to lie by letting leftists feed them their model. Because they don't understand what the truth is anyway. And yes, I may have just, you know, slammed on everybody on the left. But if you're on the left, you deserve it anyway. Oh, did I do it again? Anyway, the second half of this is, uh, as I said, simulation. But the story is sensational. The story is interesting, exciting, and reinforces this scary notion that we have to shut down all technological progress because AI will kill us all, which but let's put aside the idea that uh, it's actually impossible technology. One thing that you should know by now, uh, if you've ever been paying attention, is that the genie does not go back in the bottle. Uh, it's here. You don't stop AI development. You figure out how to work with it and adapt. It's the only way. It is impossible to say, oh, we should all, you know, like the, the six month moratorium. The number of people with letters, PhD, BA, BS, BAC, BCU, what after their name, the people who are at least credential on paper, really smart people signing this thing saying, yes, we need to pause all AI development as if that sort of thing is even possible. Right. The fact that you put your name to a suggestion saying we should do something that is not humanly possible makes you a moron no matter how many degrees you have after your name. Yeah. And the whole pausing it for six months. And then what happens? I don't know. Uh, Well, it's not paused. I'll tell you that much. No. So that's it. Sensational stories printed everywhere. This was last week. The somebody at the Air Force went, no, no, we can't be associated with these sensational stories. People are now telling the story that the Air Force is trying to kill everyone with AI, which isn't true. uh, Assuming at face value everything that that Colonel Hamilton said. Then they ran a test and the test was unsuccessful and they learned something from it, which, okay, well, the the results were negative, but they learned something from it, which makes it a successful test. A good test is something you learn from. Great. But somebody at the Air Force was was not thinking in terms of software development. They were thinking in terms of PR. They went, no, 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 it was not an Air Force simulation at all. It was a hypothetical thought experiment from outside the military. and so. Colonel Hamilton walked back his statement. What? Uh, He said uh, in in a statement after the conference, he said that, oh, he misspoke. Uh, We've actually never run that experiment, nor would we need to in order to realize that this is a plausible outcome. And uh, saying that it was actually just a thought experiment. It was just something that they were thinking about. And it was also outside the military that they were thinking about. That statement doesn't smell good to me. Uh, And for the record, 
we would never know if if he's if, if his second statement that, oh, we never actually ran it and it was just a thought experiment. If that's true, it would be indistinguishable from somebody higher up in the Air Force ordered him to backtrack the statement and say it was only there wasn't a simulation. So we may never know if the airport actually ran this. If they did, then good on them for doing the software testing that companies like Microsoft don't do. But regardless, Air Force does not like to be associated with the idea that they could be using AI to kill people. It's bad PR. Lots of people latching onto the story saying, uh, you know, computerized drones are going to murder all humans, which I still think is pretty implausible. But I am absolutely fascinated by the sheer brute force logic of, of, of laying out a computer program that says, here are your parameters, go solve it. And it found the way to solve it. And there's something very pure about that. Yeah. And I don't think there's any question in anyone's listening's mind that the government is working on these kind of devices i mean we have well, i drones, hope so we have ai we know the enemy's working on it so the question just is how do you keep these devices which are created in a way that are taught to think outside the box if you will how do you keep them in the box and if you can't then it is very dangerous to send it out there with live munitions Yes, agree. But how dangerous is it to send people out there with live munitions? Do you trust them more? No, that's maybe well, you. you. I don't know. I mean, we see uh, we've seen cases uh, where that uh, the Malaysian Air that they think that was just you know a co-pilot who decided to take the plane down. So it's no different than an AI going crazy. I mean, it kind of it, it's kind of the same thing that uh, you know uh, thirty thousand cars a day in the U.S. get into accidents into traffic collisions probably more than that i pulled the number out of my butt but tens or hundreds of thousands of of gas-powered automobiles every day get into collisions but because but they're human powered and we've seen it before we're used to it it's not interesting but the moment that a self-driving car gets into a wreck oh front page news everywhere does that make self-driving cars inherently dangerous Yes. Does it make them inherently dangerous more than more so than the humans we put behind the wheels of cars? No, not really. Does does living in today's world is is that dangerous? Yes. There's a certain amount of risk. And any person who says we have to eliminate all risk is not facing reality. They're living in a fantasy world anyway. No, this is true. I asked Claude, the AI, how many auto accidents are daily? And Claude says made up. There are a pro- we'll see that he says there are 6 million auto accidents a year, which works out to 16,000 per day. It well, is. It, okay. If Claude didn't make that number up, then I was at least in the ballpark. Yeah. 3 million injuries and 40,000 deaths annually in the United States from auto accidents. That seems a little All low. from COVID. Yeah, exactly. Uh, about 70% of the accidents, according to Claude, are caused by driver error. That, that seems low. The uh, distracted driving, number one, talking on the phone, texting, eating amounts for 25% of all accidents. I believe that. 30% drunk driving. Okay. And speeding 30%. Yeah. And and how many of them driving while Biden? Yeah, well, skipping down the stairs would Dude be. Dude can't uh, even walk a flight of stairs. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Joey, look at that hey. sandbag. I mean, 
I don't want to start bad rumors about Biden. I mean, I don't have to. But uh, FDR could walk a flight of stairs better than that zombie. <laughs> he could roll down at least. <laughs> could do a better job, no question about it. And FDR was in a wheelchair, right? Exactly. It's the way you got to look at it. It's a weird world that we live in, where we could just ask the AIs for all the answers. But you see, this is the danger of something like this, Claude or Chat GPT. So say I ask this question, which we did. Now, if I look this data up and find it to be accurate, and then I ask it another question and I find it to be accurate at some point, I'm going to become the lazy human and not check because it's like, well, Claude's always been right. You'll be the person who's filing your legal briefs with AI generated cases. Uh huh. Well, as long as it's an AI judge, I'll be in perfect shape. (laughs) Exactly. Well, actually, only if that judge was also trained on the same model. True. Because they'll have the same hallucinations. This is true. Well, this is what I want. And this is what is the most interesting with that, with the Adobe thing, because it's taking your work into consideration. What I would really like to see is something where you could go, hey, here's a bunch of short stories that I wrote and teach it your style. So then when it spits out, because we know AI is getting better at writing fiction. But it doesn't write in your style. It writes in whatever mishmash style that the AI has learned from a variety of sources. It would be very interesting if you could then take it and add that kind of a learning model. You know, so the big learning models are interesting, but I'm way more interested in something that is able to take something a lot more limited and be able to apply that to be like, Oh, we can make it. And they're doing that with the things like voices where they can recreate. Cause obviously you have to learn what in, in one individual sounds like, but you add that to the way somebody speaks and the words they use. It's going to be very, very interesting. We're all just going to be AI chatbots at some point. I mean, you're kind of describing podcasters. Uh-huh. Well, see, this would be like, hey, do you want to talk to Sir Bemrose for three ninety nine a minute? There's the Bemrose bot. You just no. go to bemrosebot.com. <laughs> you I, put put in I your know. credit card. <laughs> I, no, you'd have to you'd have to pay me a lot more to talk to Sir Bemrose. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, you're misunderstanding. You want me to pay to talk? No, it's the other way, right? <laughs> it's supposed to be the other way around. But- <laughs> I'm sorry, that's way too low. <laughs> we can't. I, I won't I won't talk to Sir Bemrose for anything less than fifteen dollars a minute. We need hazard pay. There's all sorts of things. Oh, what else? Uh you remember uh, a while ago that uh Ring uh from Ring Doorbells, they had a, a real problem with their data being breached and and getting hacked and they had to beef up their security. This was about twenty nineteen, twenty twenty that it happened. I remember that. I know there was I did not research it, but I know uh, that the uh, Hack 5 just had a big thing about Amazon being uh, getting a bunch of fines for some privacy issues. Is that related to this? That That is. I did research it, so you're in luck. Uh, this actually was the FTC. Uh, well, actually, I have no idea what Hack 5 did because I don't. I, is that even a thing? Yeah, they're still but, around, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, the well, what did happen very recently is the FTC, which uh, being a government bureaucracy moves, moves glacially. So uh, they are talking about things that happened in 2017. 
damn right on the money. They filed a civil complaint against ring uh, in the U S district court for district Columbia or yeah, for DC. Um, This story concerns mostly rings indoor cameras and the complaint alleged the following that uh, up until July, 2017, all employees at ring had quote full access to everything that uh, every bit of data, uh, the customer data, you know, names, addresses, emails, whatever, social security, whatever KYC crap that they had to collect. Uh, they had, and more importantly, they had full access to all videos taken by any of the devices, not just the, uh, not just the doorbell cameras, which face the outside of the house, but also ring has, uh, you know, it's not as common as the doorbell, but they have cameras that you can stick into spaces in your house. Right. Which are the creepiest things that I can even imagine. Uh, Yes. There's no way that I would want cameras pointing at me here in my studio. It would see me podcasting and that's frightening thought. Um, Podcasting. Yeah. Air quote. Anyway. uh, So all of the videos taken by those, which by the way, were marketed to ring as you are the only person who gets to use them. Although the, the app, did have uh, a share button in it. So if you decided you could share with only a couple clicks, any video from your say master bathroom to (laughs) any other user of the ring system or something like that. But that wasn't the problem. The, at least in the public side in so much as the app itself was controlling the security, which is uh, not the most secure thing. But that's not the problem, at least as far as the FTC is concerned. The FTC was more concerned that effectively every video taken by any camera for any customer, every single one of them was just available for download and play unencrypted to the internal network. Every employee had access. Uh, so. Oh, and, and not just employees, also third-party contractor. The the Yahoo News story that I found uh, mentioned a, quote, Ukraine-based third-party contractor. As if that's even less, I, I don't know, something felt political about using the phrase Ukraine-based because I just, any third-party, that's creepy. I don't trust any of them, but. Oh, yeah. The complaint alleges before July 2017, Ring did not impose any technical or procedural restrictions on employees' ability to download, save, transfer, or exfiltrate customers' videos. Uh, The FTC's uh, uh, filing called it dangerously overbroad access and gave a couple interesting anecdotes, including at least one employee who viewed quote thousands of video recordings belonging to 80, at least 81 unique female users. The employee focused his prurient searches on cameras with names indicating that they surveilled intimate space, such as master bedroom, master bathroom, or spy cam. Uh, This particular employee, they say was fired or let go in 2017 after he was caught by a supervisor masturbating at his desk <laughs> to a video of a customer in the master why you don't want to have the cameras yeah. in the house and and thank you for for starting the victim blaming because that's where i was gonna go next is seriously you have these cameras you put them in your bathroom your master bathroom 
what do you think is going to happen? And then, and the, the way they work, it's, it's not like a, a CCTV where you put the camera in and it downloads it to a hard drive in your closet somewhere. You at least have physical control over that. No, these cameras are taking images of you in your bathroom, uploading them to the internet. You have absolutely no control over it. And apparently ring didn't bother taking any control over it either for a long time. That I, I, Definitely put most of the blame on the asshole employee who decided that he was going to get his rocks off at work watching customer videos and on the absolutely atrocious, atrocious policies by the ring, the company for not bothering to secure or even encrypt any of the videos. But you're not blameless if you're the one sticking a damn camera in your bathroom. No, for anything that. You think even if it doesn't have one of these services that is monitoring, if you have a camera and I tested some of these back in the day, but this is going back six years plus now. Well, so is this story. Okay. Well, any of them that required a cloud account in order to be able to view your camera, you knew where it was going. Yeah. And, 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 and seriously, like you knew back then, but lots of people have still never figured out. Is if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have one of these cameras, I want local storage, and yes. I don't want it uploading unless I say affirmatively, please upload. Why? Well, apparently there was a very very good reason, and that was some employee at Ring was looking at your videos and jerking off to them. Absolutely, and <laughs> if you're going to have, and there are a lot of decent wi-fi cams out there and again you're responsible for your own security but i wouldn't even put it on the main network it's fine because there's a lot of these nas devices you could roll your own that will allow you to record everything going on throughout the day but you have to make sure you know what you're doing so it is not available to the outside world and if you're with somebody like Ring, where the only way to view what's going on in any of the cameras is to use an app or to log in somewhere, well, then you know your videos are not secure. And of course, I mean, if they gave these employees open reign to just randomly go through, and for a while that was a big thing online because you could easily find a lot of these cameras by just typing in the IP address and whatever port they were using. So there were bots that would just go through and try all the IP addresses and you could randomly find somebody. Cause if you found an IP address that had one of those cameras and you got to the right port, you were just able to watch whatever they were streaming anyway. Yeah. And, and, and once the, they'll have to use some kind of a, an automated, you know, IP address war scanner, in order to find, but once they find it, you're on a list somewhere on the dark web of, of there is a doorbell camera here. Even if it's never been hacked, even if your security is good, there's a list somewhere that says, yeah, I tried this port and they have uh, open to the internet, a doorbell camera. And the moment that an exploit comes out or, or somebody just decides they want to brute force, it's going to happen. Uh, for example, um, I I've told you, I run a, a Minecraft server. Yeah. On it's a private IP. It's not something I've ever published except to the four or five friends that are invited to run on it. But somewhere along the line, somebody through port scanning managed to get my IP address onto a list of these are 
IP addresses that have a Minecraft server running on them. Nice. And once I hit that list, now probably six or seven times a day, somebody tries to log into my server. It shows up in the server logs and they bounce off the whitelist or, uh, you know, or they don't even get to the whitelist. And usually they don't have the right mods installed because I also don't publish my mod packs. But somebody tries to log in. They're like, well, there's a Minecraft server here, according to this public list on the dark web. Then uh, let's try it. And usually it's because they want to try, uh, you know, check for log4j vulnerabilities or or try to, you know, hack, use some kind of hack. Or sometimes it's just somebody who wants to log in and and break a bunch of blocks and then log back out and ruin your builds or something like that. Anybody could do it, but I'm just saying once somebody finds out that you have an open port, you're everybody knows you have an open port. Yeah. So don't do it. Don't buy any of these cameras that are monitored by a third party. And I know there's a lot of them out there. I mean, Xfinity is one that tries to sell you on this. Anybody that wants to be, your security company and offer cameras that are going to point inside your house know that they can be accessed on a completely different level. If they're only pointing outside of the house that I'm fine with, because I don't care who sees what's going on around my house. That's a lot less interesting. I I log into it all the time just to watch the gunshots go by. Yeah. You can hear them going in the distance. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I mean, we're far enough away. We're safe. Yeah. And I have, <laughs> you, you I have enough. All right. I have enough ammo. <laughs> I'm always ready. You, you hope you're far enough away. True. Apparently not. What, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago when they decided they were going to protest your place instead of Chicago. Yeah. Well, they keep running out in, uh, you know, the town here and like, it's interesting. No, we're not going to have our protest in Chicago. Someone might get shot. <laughs> right. This is not safe. That's why I like the Babylon B story that said the mafia is leaving Chicago because of the high one. crime rate. It's absolutely true, but it's interesting. And and Larry had the right take on that story, by the way, which was say what you will about the mafia. Uh, They were efficient. They did not put up with petty bullshit, like the the kind of crime that, that the Chicago city is, is just letting run rampant. Yeah. That is embracing, but this is how bad it's gotten here that there have been multiple normal annual things going on in the Chicago suburbs that have been going on for years, including one in Chicago Ridge, which isn't too far from where I grew up. And this year, as he's often played there, but I mean, there's, they get some music artists. Uncle Ted was supposed to play at Ridge Fest over, I think it was over the 4th of July, right around there. And for the first time in like 30 something years, They've already canceled this because of the groups of teens that have been going downtown Chicago and then went out to Tinley Park here, which is right down the road from me. And this is happening in multiple suburbs like, oh, no, we're afraid we have to shut down because this might happen here. And it's like, you know what the answer is? You start cracking fucking heads. That's what the answer is. Here's here's a crazy thought. Tell me if I'm way off base here. What if I and I know this this goes against what the city of Chicago is doing, but. What if you prosecuted crime? Uh-huh. I think it's what? a good idea. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you need to do. But that's these towns are so afraid. And I get it because some of these suburban towns, the police force 
for the town that we live in? If I had to guess, yeah. I don't know. This was, this is literally pulling it out of my ass, but I would you, guess you get all three cops out there. Right. Well, I mean, we might have like 10 cops in the city. That might be, you know, maybe there's 15, but I doubt there's much more than that. So, you know, if you got a thousand kids show up and they want to go crazy, it's going to be hard to wrangle them up with the 10 cops on duty or whatever it is. But, I mean, in theory, that's when you request help from other cities nearby and the, to, you know, the state and county cops. I mean, in theory, you can rustle up more people. Yes. And this is where if there were repercussions, maybe the kids would stop doing this. Maybe. I believe I've told the story about participating in a riot. Ooh, in, yeah, I uh, think you did in Pullman. It, it, uh, and, in your well, college it, years, it, it was yeah in college. And uh, the only thing I'll I'll mention is uh, the the town of Pullman has, at least when I was there, had a population of about twenty five thousand when school was in session, and maybe five thousand when school was not. It was definitely a college town, and uh, I don't know how many police officers Pullman Police Department has. But it wasn't enough to control 6,000 rioters. So they called in every cop in eastern Washington. (laughs) I mean, they had people coming down, uh, you know, 120 miles an hour with their lights flashing from Spokane, from Yakima, from uh, they had cops come. And uh, by by the midpoint, you know, an hour into the riot, they probably had 200 police officers there in Pullman. I mean, that's what you do. Yes. It didn't help, but that's what you do. According to Claude, who looked it up, Pullman has one police chief, three captains, four sergeants, and 27 police officers. Yeah, I I believe that. Yeah. As well as the 15,000 students at Washington State University. It's amazing what this AI can tell you. It gives you answers immediately. And then maybe why do you even need to like, why do you need a podcast co-host if you've got Claude? Now, if I could just get a voice plug in for Claude, boom. And actually, you know how that's easy enough. Uh huh. Give give it Sam Jackson's voice. I think you've got a few more hours before Amazon shuts that down. No, see what I want when I, when I, cause it's Claude. So, I mean, I think French, I, I want Sir Matthew's voice to come out of Claude. Oh, that'd be good. Uh huh. I'd pay for that. Where are you, Sir Matthew? We need your voice cloned. That would be perfect. So, anyway, yeah, the FTC has uh, decided that Ring did bad things. Uh, the the last thing I had, uh, they oh the the complaint alleged yet another incident in 2018. So they clearly hadn't fixed everything. Where uh, a male employee was quote spying on a female coworker. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, here I mean, here's the thing. Um. Is there a reason for Ring to allow employees to see these videos? Is there an actual service being offered here where they say you're going to, you know, if you want your thing monitored, you know, because you're not going to be home, you know, there'll actually am, be a human being watching. I am not aware of any such service. Uh, the two reasons that come to mind for me, one is routine database maintenance. Somebody has to have admin controls on the database. Uh, but usually you kind of lock that down and they didn't. Uh, and the second is inertia. Uh, when you are a small startup and you are moving fast and breaking things, technological locks that, uh, that try to limit access to a small number of people interfere with breaking things. 
What you really so, need, though, is encryption, kids. Yeah, maybe. And um, only so where the, the person whose video is coming to you, they're the only ones whose devices have the uh, encryption keys to decode that video back if they need it. And so the kicker on it, uh, uh, the FTC says that uh, Ring's biggest crime is they did not notify customers that employees had such broad access, which I think is, I thought that was kind of funny considering I would have thought that the big problem was that the employees had that access, but no, it's right. just that they didn't notify. Right. Um, and uh, points out that the company improved their security in 2020, three years after the uh, incidents where they really should have. Why did they do it in 2020? Was it because their employees were continuing to spy on their customers? No, it was because they got bad media coverage when external hackers got into the network. <laughs> Well, yeah, finally started to improve the security. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of people who pay big money to watch like voyeur stuff online. This is like the ultimate when people don't even know yeah. they're being watched. Just get hired as a janitor and spend all night sitting at the computer. I mean, where's the problem? Uh huh. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about except people don't understand. And I know people give me shit. Oh, yeah. What do you got one of those Amazon devices for? I do. I do. In fact. And then I'm like, well, do you have a cell phone? Yeah, it's not the same. Like, oh, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> There's a microphone. Well, which is why which is why my cell phone's in the drawer. Uh-huh. And <laughs> the, the, it's, it's hilarious that people that will I mean, be like, you're a fucking moron that you got one of them Amazon devices, and they never leave their cell phone more than two feet away from their face. I mean, I know I'm in the minority, but I go the other way. I'm like, I don't trust the Amazon device, and I don't trust my phone. Right. But you no, shouldn't trust no. any of them. Which is ironic, considering that right now there is, in fact, a microphone a few inches away from my face that is listening to everything I say. Uh Oh, and it's attached to a recording device across yes. the country. <laughs> exactly. It's sending it to the cloud. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When, you know, the, the real definition of the cloud is just somebody else's hard drive. In this case, the cloud is your hard drive. <laughs> yeah. This little hard drive sitting right here. It is capturing all of this audio data. And then, then I'm rebroadcasting that. Yes, so then sending it out to unsuspecting trolls ear holes. Uh-huh. We are not responsible for any damage the audio feed may cause your insane oh, world view. I'll take responsibility for that. I did really? that shit. Yeah, yeah that's I right. I did that. Uh-huh. Somebody asks who hurt you. You'd be like, Sir Bemrose. Oh, there's going to be lawsuits. He admitted <laughs> it. He admitted it right here on audio tape. Even though there's no tape involved anymore. I still I still say those kind of things. It's hard not yes. to where it's like uh, oh, yeah, old school DJ person uh-huh, going to the audio tape or going to the videotape. It's like, you know, you still yes. say for old folk like, oh, yeah, well, you want to you want to you want to get an ISO. New people would be like, oh, ISO bought that. You're like, let's go back to the reel to reel. Right. You got to get the reel to reel. You got to got to get that thing's queued up to the right spot. And then we'll take a, a little razor blade and we'll cut that section out. So we used to do it yeah, back in the but day. We can't, we can't afford all of that if nobody's going to send us money. If nobody's going to donate. We do have a few people to thank for oh, today's show. I appreciate show. people thanking people. Since, the words. Are you having a stroke? No, not at the moment. I don't even have any ring videos popped up right now. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you got the right content, you'll have a stroke. No problem about it. <laughs> uh, wow. Going in a completely different direction. You were talking about people who were helping us out on the show. Yeah. And we're probably going to stop because of our content. I believe, 
this gets very confusing when you've got large amounts and we appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But when they come in through like the Satoshis and the amounts, uh, you, you only make it confusing because you have 37 shows. Yes. Well, this is true as well. But Eric PP, he came in with 75,000 sats. <laughs> My yeah. wife, who's who's puttering around the kitchen, she just walked in and waved a box in front of me that has one of those stupid little ring video cameras like we got it i'm gonna put it up right here so we can watch you i was gonna say in in her defense it's still in the box yeah that's the best place that is the most secure place that your ring video camera can possibly be is sealed in the box and if it's like one of the very very first iphones in 20 years you'll be able to sell that some of a bitch for like a thousand twenty thousand dollars yeah or you won't be able to give it away probably more accurate but this came through from Eric PP during nice. a podcasting 2.0 episode. And okay. the comment was something like, here's the $20 that was promised during the podcasting 2.0 episode. I don't know did, why. Did, did he boost the wrong show or something? I don't I, think so. I, I have, I have received boosts that came in to my node and then said things like, uh, you know, Go Lorian, bowl after bowl, yeah, or something like that. And you're like, yes, I'll take that. I'm like, well, I mean, it's mine now, but I guess I should tell them that it was the wrong show. No, no, never tell them they're boosting the wrong show. That's the okay. wrong thing to do. You take all the Satoshis and run. Yeah. But I didn't understand because it did come in during that show, but it was like, there. Were, I think there was, let me look here. I thought I cut and pasted the comment along with it which obviously I didn't because it just shows that it was uh, during the, he like went into the last grumpy old Ben's episode and did the boost then, which is interesting, although not a lot of people do it. So we don't have a lot of data to be like, Oh, this is uh, you know, this is what's been going on with our particular show at what any particular time people don't get triggered. And then, and then send it out. But I don't actually, I don't see it in the con shacks now. All okay. of this stuff. Now, do you show one from Eric uh, PP for 75,000? Oh, oh are, are, are we on the PayPal or are we on the boost? We are on the boost. Oh, should I be paying attention to this show? No, it's not. Not. Really I have something that. on May 26th from Eric PP. Here's my $20 investment. It's promised during PC 20. Right. It's like, okay, why was it promised during PC 20? I have no, I, I have, was there a reason? Again, not going to question. Did did Adam ask people to give us money? Because I, if I saw, I, I doubt it. <laughs> was there a was there a portion of that show? I, I don't I, know. I what was <laughs> were were you sending in baller boosts again? Is that what was going on? I don't think so. I don't that show. I do not believe it was. So uh, I, I should probably okay. go back and listen to that show. I yeah, I, I, up. now I'm going to have to go listen to the show. I. I don't know if I, I listen to about half of them live and the other ones I'm off doing something else, especially when the weather's been nice. And I'm like, oh. I can't justify spending all day listening to podcasts. I've got to go out and be active and move. So explain yourself, Eric PP. How dare you send us a $20 yeah, boostogram? And, yes. Uh, and if you have to send another $20, we're okay with that. Well, no, that's the only way to explain the first $20 Absolutely. is to send another $20. Anything less. Been, no, I've just been handed a note. No, it's okay. What are you, David Letterman? All of a sudden, the note says, "In my defense, it was a gift from my friend who wants to see the LARPing squirrels." Ah, 
So people want to see the nature. There's something you could run right out of the house. They're the Bemrose Nature Channel. Well, actually, uh, so the way our house is set up, uh, the front door, the, the official front door goes out onto the deck, which has stairs to go up to the hill, but there's no real access to the driveway below. So the, the side door is how you get in and out of the house. Um, so we could put the doorbell by the front door and all it would see is the squirrels on the deck. Interesting. And me when I go out there to pee in the bushes while drunk. And I don't know if I'm losing a connection here or whatnot, but the whole troll room just dropped for a minute. That was weird. Uh, it looks like it's back, but it totally dropped and disconnected me. I don't believe so. It did but for maybe. me, but I'm back. Um, uh, I, I might actually be gone too. Cause I just tried to ask Doug and he's not responding. So yeah, something weird going on with the troll room, man. The CIA is listening in or is it the ring doorbell people? It it might be, it might be the FTC coming in. Could also be, uh, could be James yeah, powers be came in on May 10th and then we didn't do a show right after. So I missed this be- although I don't see a note until his note saying that he sent it on May 10th. So I don't know if there was an original note, but it was Bitcoin sent in, which is not something I normally look for, for the show donations. I will look through anything that came in through PayPal. We try to look at all the boostograms, but the, the overall, the crypto outside of the boostograms is so rare that you got to make sure you send me an email, Darren at grumpy old Ben's D A R R E N at grumpy old if you're sending in a Bitcoin, he said, I sent it in on May 10th. Didn't know if you got it. Uh, I thought maybe it was lost in the shuffle and it was. I really appreciate you and Ryan for the great content every week. Maybe he's listening to a different show. Where's the great content? Have you? Well, heard- no, no, we, we do. I mean, you have great content like when you go with Larry and I have the Angry Tech News, which is great content. It's oh, fabulous. Yep. I just got booted and reconnected to the troll room. So you see, they're I trying clearly- to get rid of us. That's weird. <sighs> I think somebody's DDoSing the troll room because they don't like our show. Possibly. Or it's void zero. And he's like, get these fuckers out of here. Yeah, maybe. Uh, a, which I love this name. A white Mike came in yes. with 40,000 sats. Um, Episode was dope. Yeah. Hopefully this is enough for two busted up bends to get a Percocet at least. Be well. And and I will have, you know, my back feels much better. I knew it would. Um, I, I have uh, this superpower that allows me to heal damage to my body. It just takes a lot longer than it used to because I'm old. Yeah. That system is slowing down until they can, until they can inject all those nanobots into your system. Yeah. Which I'm not sure I'm going to trust. Not if it comes out of Silicon (laughs) Valley, nothing to worry about here. Nothing, nothing Uh, at all. And did you get the, the two boosts from Joel W? I did. They were like three thirty threes, and there yep. was a note. I don't have the note in front of me though. Uh, I do. Uh, two different boosts. One says, "Not sure if I ever played disc golf when I wasn't high. It's like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly just made for each other." Yeah, that I believe. I've never played disc golf at all, but I can see where you might want to have a little help. Um, another one, uh, same amount from Joel W. saying, "You run them over." back up over them and while running them over again, shoot each one, not legal advice, but it's always better to be judged than 12 by 12 than carried by six. Oh yeah. We were talking about like yes. people coming into your abode or something yes. or whatever. Oh no. The ones that were jumping on your car during the, uh, yeah. 
that that was it was it was the hypothetical situation of what if what if you're in your car in the middle of a rowdy crowd that wants to kill you my foot accidentally and, got stuck on the accelerator yeah. um but thank you uh, i got something from sir nubbin thank grumpy's you, gonna grump oh i didn't see that one uh somewhere along here there's uh, uh actually that one uh, 33 333 woo so uh and something from memes 1337 uh now did that maybe that came in during uh that i think came in during the show if, boosting the splits leet v4v sats earned from memes and shit posting stay grumpy fellas the uh, sir nubbin one maybe came in during a rock and roll pre-show because he was going crazy the one morning uh let's see 525 which would have been a thursday morning there you go uh at 0206 which i think is utc so it was probably yeah, during I, the pre-show yeah yeah i i, I or i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna math this right now we i really need to update this script so that it gives me local time because i don't want to have to do math is hard see subtraction on yeah and our buddy uh coming back in via paypal darian rundle came in with five bucks and said again with the audio discussion but bemrose is more reasonable than gene and i don't know there could be a debate on this wow that is a low bar <laughs> i mean where where does the bar of more reasonable than gene really <laughs> set i mean how far do you have to go to be more reasonable than gene who straight out admits to saying things just to anger people whether it's true or not and while we're talking netned came in jitterbug phones for all with 8888 sets well of course you want some jitterbug uh, who doesn't and over on uh, patreon we got two people left on the patreon uh steven mcconnell stevie both coming in with five bucks a month it's appreciated we don't post any content there but it's one way to get your donations let's admit it we don't really post any content to our our real site either no we barely just post these shows what else do you need though we this, barely even produce any content we give the best damn content that any podcast can and we Again, sound with the good low bar yeah this is true <laughs> this is true i was talking to the uh with the, with the troll uh, guy named uh in the in the troll means like you guys sound good the, the audio quality is always excellent Yes, and I blame you for that. Yeah, we got to have excellent audio quality because you know because the, if you go listen to Grumpy Old Ben's number one, I was doing it on a bezel mic, and it's and, gotten uh, so much better. I I thought that was fine, but Darren's like, we're never doing this again. And I'm telling you, I've just now that I keep finding more stuff to try to keep my time when I am riding on the bike, mainly on the YouTube's. But I was uh, came across somebody that had a podcast that they uploaded, and I'm like, okay, I'll. I'll take the no video portion of it because it was something I was interested in. And the audio quality was so bad after like a minute, I turned it off. Oh, yeah. Oh, and YouTube is notorious for that because they will prioritize. Let's get the video right and don't care about the audio, especially when uh, you can just turn on like auto uh, subtitles. Right. And then it doesn't matter if you can tell what they're saying even though it sounds like they are literally in the bottom of a large garbage can with enough reverb that, you know, they would use this reverb back in the fifties for a good rock and roll sound. You know, it's uh 
not good for podcasting. Might be cool on an electric guitar, but not so good for podcasting. But some people never figure that one out. But you have because you're listening to the show. And we know you're getting some value out of it because we're putting so much value out there that you have to be getting some value. Go over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate and get your V for V on. If Joey's hands are too deep in your pocket, one, tell him no means no. And two, you can go leave a review, tell a friend about the show, or tell three friends. Tell Actually, tell people you don't even like. It's fine. 85,000 new IRS agents say otherwise. Yes. Well, tell them about grumpy old Ben's, although (laughs) I don't want them auditing us. That's... uh, we we don't we don't want to go through that. <laughs> They'll be like, we heard on your podcast that you received three hundred thirty three sats, and we just like to make sure that we get our cut. Uh huh. Where is <laughs> they're like one? We have we have a few questions. One, what are sats? Yeah. And two, how do we get our part of this? I actually the SEC defines uh, all things Bitcoin as securities, which means that you have to keep track of the exact price of Bitcoin. When you received every every single thing, and when you send it, oh, that's a you are supposed to keep track of the exact price of Bitcoin because that way you can use that to calculate the capital gains between when you received the Bitcoin and when you sent the Bitcoin, uh, so that you can pay taxes on the capital gains. That's actually the rule that they've decided on. Well, one, I see why. We're podcasters, so we'll never make the threshold for them to care. Right. I see why no agenda did not want to do Bitcoin for the longest time, though, because if you have to. And I also understand why now that they have have a system set up, from what I understand, it immediately turns it into cash. And this is probably why. Yeah, they they exactly why, because they. It it immediately turns it into cash, which guarantees that the buy and sell price for every Bitcoin donation is exactly the same, which simplifies the capital gains calculation immensely and pretty much just turns it into straight dollar income. The, the, treating Bitcoin as a security was one of the most awful things that was ever done. And really, this is why the vast majority of people who dabble in things of less than, you know, two or three Bitcoin at a time just don't care <laughs> don't file it no because it, it's just not it's that i'm nightmare. admitting to any kind of tax fraud this is all in minecraft but it's just imaginary money it's not even real yes and and i may have lost all of my bitcoin in a tragic boating accident along with all of your guns yes yes that's well where else do you keep your bitcoin they can all be recovered if somebody only has your 24 phrase word phrase that will re reinvigorate your hardware wallet that you don't have. So I actually have three more stories in my notes. I don't think we'll get to all of them. Uh, I've got a actually kind of a non-tech one. Supreme court slaps down a union for intentionally trashing a company's equipment during a strike. Ooh, that uh, one I did not hear. I, I've got uh, fake students plaguing the community college system. Wait, what do you mean by fake students? Uh, actually, I, I kind of like this one. Uh, This came from the San Francisco Chronicle, so it is very California focused, but I think it's probably happening lots of places. Um, California has it has a law that says anybody in California can apply to a community college and the community college must accept them. 
and it also has uh, a couple other things. For example, um, they have uh, state-based financial aid. Um, they have there's obviously the federal-based financial aid, the Pell Grants, um, and they have a, a set a software that you can use. You go to this, I guess, a web portal somewhere that you say, I want to enroll in a community college and it shows you community colleges near you or community colleges that can be used for on, you know, online courses and lets you apply to the community college through this centralized website. So the combination of all of these things has led uh, a large number of people, uh, the estimate according to this article, 460,000 of 2.3 million online applications to California's commie colleges are fake. They are using stolen IDs, stolen credentials, or just are people who do not exist. Uh, among other things, another, another fun part about California is that it is not legal to ask somebody for ID when uh, <laughs> signing up to the kind of things that require citizenship. Um, and, uh, you know, it's certainly now, uh, if you apply for a federal Pell Grant, you are going to need a social security number. And that's where the, you know, finding lists of social security numbers online is, is definitely valuable. But, uh, you know, California federal aid, you can get to like the third step or to the California state financial aid without even providing anything more than a driver's license, which they give out like candy to, you know, illegal immigrants, whomever. So. What you're having is fraudsters using bots to automatically enroll fake students using the centralized software, and it is becoming a massive headache for administration at the community colleges because now their class schedules are getting filled up with people who don't exist. <laughs> they, you know, they'll sit there if if they go through. You know, uh, the, one of the people interviewed for the story is a criminal justice instructor, Kim Rich. Uh, a quote, uh, self-identified expert at identifying faux students, uh, said, well, sometimes it's really obvious, like they'll use consecutive ID numbers or similar email patterns that don't match the names or birth dates from 1960s and 1970s. Oh, so I can't go to college now. Nope. Too old. Oh, I can't. I mean, admittedly, that's one of the big places that you're going to get the, uh, the fake is. You steal somebody's ID who has absolutely no interest in going to college. Uh, one of the stories that was given in this article was uh, a 64-year-old oncologist who randomly received a $1,400 check for a Pell Grant that he did not request. <laughs> nice. In fact, during the course of the article, they talk about his odyssey to try to return the money because he didn't earn it. It wasn't his. Um, he finally found the office after talking to the state, talking to the federal department of education had issued the check and said, well, uh, you know, our policy is that if, if we were made an error, we only demand half of it back. And he said, well, it's not my money. I want to give you the 1400. And they said, well, we don't have the ability to take all of it. And eventually he just gave them $700, walked away and pocketed the other 700 because they screwed up. And I guess that makes sense from the perspective of the Department of Education because it's not their money either. It's your money and my money and anybody who pays taxes. And really, who gives a crap if they get screwed, right? Right. Your government at work right there again. I mean, I would uh, like to say I'm surprised at the complete inefficiency 
of a government agency, but we're too used to it. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, during the lockdowns, the U.S. Department of Education stopped bothering to verify uh, your ID or your income for the the Pell Grants. So all you need is a social security number and a name. Damn. Well, those are easy. You can buy those on the black market. You can get them on the the dark web. And, And during the lockdowns, when everybody was not allowed to come out of their house and everybody, everything had to go remote. They suspended the rule that said that you need uh, an ID or that you need to verify your income. So now you could be documented and have uh, you know, IRS tax returns saying you made $500,000 last year and apply for a Pell Grant with one of these fake botted community college applications and still get federal student aid to the fake person that they'll never be able to track down because they didn't exist. That is wonderful. So, yeah. The so, amount of scams yeah, they, that are out there is, is kind of funny. The article is a, uh, you know, about California, but uh, I mean, it's, it's probably happening all over the damn place. California is worse than everything else. You can pretty much guarantee. But uh, one of the quotes from Ms. Rich was it is, <laughs> it is a 100% disservice, not just a disservice, a 100% disservice to every single taxpayer. These criminals wouldn't still be doing this if they weren't getting the money, which tells me that Kim Rich, a college instructor, has suddenly discovered incentives. Yes. <laughs> it, well, they're doing it because it is effective. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it's, uh, the article uses the word fraud a lot. Uh, it's a, it definitely comes from the side that colleges and the state are victims. Um, there's not a single word about the system that was created by the colleges in the state to incentivize this, giving free money, online registration, admissions with no ID, remote only classes. Um, It's really being dumped on the colleges to try to solve the problem. Uh, They are, you know, again, doing things like uh, if you don't show up to the first class, they dump you immediately. And the reason that they'll do that is uh, so that you are not enrolled when the checks are about to go out for the grants. Oh, nice. Try to get you off the rolls as quickly as possible. The, the colleges are doing Herculean efforts to try to trim this down. But some of the colleges interviewed for this article were literally 50% of their applications were people who did not exist. I mean, this is actually a really big problem. Yes. Oh, yeah. The uh, fact that it has gotten to this point is hilarious. And of course, uh, you know, state officials are uh, trying to solve the problem by throwing more money at it. Uh, California has allocated a hundred million dollars for new IT systems to detect fraud, <laughs> which uh, work maybe half the time. Well, yeah, um, this is like the stuff that's going to to detect whether Chat GPT did your homework. Yeah, exactly. And those don't work either. Uh, they have identified uh, just the last three months alone, 132 fraud rings, like rings of people who just do this professionally to get grants. Uh, the policymakers are clearly shocked when they realize that there's rampant fraud in the system that they set up that facilitates rampant fraud. The Fed and state will not say how much tax money has been given to these fraudsters as a result of their fraud. But the way I see it, it's probably a very small fraction of the tax money that's been wasted on the programs to try to fight it rather than change the incentives. So you don't have to pay for your college classes with Target gift cards? Is that? uh... No, you just have to pay for your college classes with grants to fake people who don't exist. Ooh, that's even better. Yeah. 
I could be a fake yeah. person that doesn't exist. You're a podcaster. That goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. Tomato, tomato. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Owen, oh, happy uh, birthday. Today's DigiGuru's birthday. Oh, I'm sorry, DigiGuru. I guess you have to get older now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to. We hope you're around for next year as well. You don't well, have to get older. The alternative to getting older is it is worse, trust me. Yes. Not that I've done it, but I continue to get older because I feel like it's got to be better than what happens if you stop getting older. Right. It's all about taking the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to drop in one more small bonus story, a real short one. Uh this was a 13-year-old girl in China uh who spent $64,000 playing pay-to-win mobile games. Wait, uh, wait 64,000 like American dollars? Well, I, 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 a number of yuan who TechSpot converted into dollars gotcha. and everything everything on TechSpot said dollars. So I'm just going to assume that China uses dollars. I mean, they kind of do. <laughs> well, still, we're going to be using the yuan. So that's yeah. uh, so. Um, it, it, this is in China, where uh, the Chinese government does, in fact, use the phrase "electronic drugs" when referring to video games. Um, well, yeah, they this, limit that a lot because the person is a minor. They did not name the girl or her family, so just the girl. Right. Remember, we did the story that, like, if you're a certain age, you can only play like two hours on the weekend. Uh, at the, that yeah. That is the rule in China. And she got around it by using uh, fake IDs and using friends logins. Oh, just like getting a college degree. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, huh. People getting around in poorly thought out restrictions. Who uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So according to the story, the, the story was really all about how awful this girl is and how awful the video game, the, the gaming industry on mobile is for allowing this uh, uh, $17,000 buying mobile games. I don't, I, I literally can't even think of how there's not enough time in a lifetime to play that many games, unless the only games you're buying are like $500 a pop. Right. Or but, they could be like the games that Gene plays and it's like, oh, do you want a new spaceship? Give us a thousand dollars. Well, and this is the part that I do understand. The it's 17,000 was just purchasing games. I don't even understand how that happens. Uh, but 30,000 on in-app purchases that I do understand. <laughs> yes. Um, so the, according to the article, it quote wiped out the parents savings. Uh, the. Wait, the, in China, the parents are responsible for the asshattery of their children? Wait, how? I, I know. How weird is it to actually have to take responsibility for the you not paying attention to what your kid is doing? Uh-huh. It says that the parents were only alerted when a teacher called home to say that the girl might be addicted to mobile games because she was playing it during class. Uh, the parents checked it out. The father confronted and the girl admitted everything. Um, well, it's hard not said, to if they can look at their at their uh, credit card bill. But yeah, well, they should be looking at their damn credit card bill. That's the thing that blows me away about this. Like, how do you not realize this is happening? But that's called really shitty parenting, and it's one of your hot buttons. The in the interview, she said uh, when they asked, or, uh, she oh, it it was talking about uh, she was also purchasing games for other students, and says <laughs> when they asked me to pay for their games, I paid despite feeling reluctant. Because if I didn't send to them, they would bother me all day. And if I told the teacher that they were bothering me, I was afraid the teacher would tell my parents and my parents would be angry. Well, all I can say is, uh, you know, her boyfriend's getting a little action. If all you have to do is ask a few times. Maybe at 13, I 
I'm not going to think about her having a boyfriend at this point. No, wait, wait uh, a few years. That's better. She also said that she did not know enough about money to understand where it came from when asked how, why she spent that much. <laughs> um, but uh, the interesting thing about it is she did apparently know enough to delete chat records and payment transactions from her phone in order to hide the evidence. So I don't know how, I don't know how naive this person was. This girl sounds like a criminal mastermind in the making. Exactly. And I, I'm tech tech spot definitely put the blame on the horrible app ecosystem and the app stores and platforms that try to addict kids. And, and yes, it's, uh, it's a horrible place. I'm going to put blame on the parents who did not know that their kid was doing this for months and months, or I don't know how long it doesn't say how long it was one giving the kid a device two giving them a device with your credit card or however, this is uh, being paid. I, you know, I know that you can add family members because I have both phones from uh, the Apple ecosystem and from the Android ecosystem. You can have family accounts that you put a credit card on, but you're going to get alerted when uh, the purchases are being made. So, yeah, this is a lot of bad parenting or the kid was smart (laughs) enough to just lift the credit card and not have it attached to a family account. Again, I don't know what level of criminal mastermind this kid was that she was able to keep all of these from transactions from her parents. But and then buying I, the stuff for friends. How do you even do that on a cell phone where you I, can I pay on one phone know. and then get it on another phone? It's weird. It, it might lend credence to she just had the credit card. I don't uh-huh. know. I just like how can you possibly not pay attention? Like if 60,000 wipes out your entire savings. Don't you think you'd pay more attention to where the money is going and when it's leaving via your credit card? It, I don't this, understand money or where it comes from. I mean, this story is very sensational talking about how Silicon Valley is evil and taking advantage of people and they do and they are, but this isn't a good example because these people are abject morons. If they let this go on for months and months. Yeah. And just because a app costs a lot of money, or because there are in-game purchases that cost a lot of money, they're not forcing you to buy them. But I can see where somebody, this is how gambling in the United States is, which is getting just so crazy about just everywhere that it is now. I mean, this was, when you and I were growing up, it was like, oh, horrible. Gambling's a horrible thing to do. Now it's like, everybody, come gamble. But if I wanted to gamble, when I was a, when I was growing up, if I wanted to gamble, I had to drive out to the, the Native American reservation where they have actual casinos. Right. Or I had to buy a lottery ticket. And you couldn't until you're, what, 18 or 21, the lottery ticket? Same thing for going into an Indian casino. Well, there's ways around that. Well, yeah, fake IDs. My favorite were the stories. We heard these enough. Maybe not a lot recently, but it would be the uh, kid that goes in with a fake ID. They let him throw all the money he wants into whatever he's doing. And then he hits a jackpot on a slot machine and they're like, let me see your ID again. Yeah. You're not old enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they won't be paying out if, if you uh, don't check out. No, they'll take your money. They'll accidentally forget to do their due diligence then. But the minute they have to pay out, oh, you better believe. Yeah. Yeah. You look a little young. Uh, let me look at that ID again. 
or uh, you know, who is this Darren O'Neill person? No, we've heard about you. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to uh, pay out on that. No question about it. No. That's why you trolls got to do it. You got to support the grumpy old Ben's. Yes, we where we hope that you will pay out. Yes. Or we're, 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 we're jacking the wrong handles on this slot machine. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm turning the wrong knobs. Uh-huh. We got to get a payout. We got to get a payout. We need an exit strategy. Oh, what is what is it? Oh, okay. What? I, I don't. Did, and I also, just, do you have a new bird in the house? No, I just got a, a new bird. Yeah, I've been hearing, hearing the birds now. <laughs> well, there's birds right outside. I live in a forest. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uncle Ted. I, everything in the Pacific Northwest is a forest. No. It's not like you can get away from it. Anyway. True. No, I got a pop up on my system. That's like, you know. Just reminding you, Windows 8.1 is no longer supported in this software. Like, fuck you. Why do you have to pop up to tell me that? Get like, stop interrupting me. Fuck you. You asking me to never use your software again? Yes, it wants you to update to Windows 11 today. Yeah, ain't fucking happening. There's a, they want you to do it for free. Shut this thing off. Leave it forever. Actually, at some point, and, and I keep threatening to do it, but I am the world's greatest procrastinator. At some point, I am going to. Uh, switch this to dual boot Linux and then and then abandon the Windows operating system entirely. I'm not going to Windows 11. Hey, Linux has gotten better for most things. Yes, it's it. the year of Linux on the desktop. I've heard that one. Yes, it's 1989 around there. <laughs> it's been close. With all that said, if you're using Linux on the desktop and you can still boost us, boost. Otherwise, boost. we will be back. Maybe. You never know. Maybe we'll be Maybe. back next week. Maybe we won't. Yeah, it depends on how many more air conditioners Darren loses. I know. I need more. I need a lot more. I need a lot more Taylor Swift signed vinyl to be able to pay for the air conditioner. In her brand new and upcoming Mermaid album. Right. Oh, yeah. People are already bootlegging it. It's great. Swimming <laughs> with the fishes. It's awesome. Well, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's cool enough out that I really don't even need to run the air conditioner today, but I am. And from America's left coast, where it is now safe to turn off your computer, I'm Ryan Pemrose. acid says you just threatened you will be back if we don't donate it's the game within the game cold acid yes that is a threat and, and we mean it